Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here bringing you episode 148 on this fine Tuesday evening. Yes, we took a two-week break. I had to fix a hole that you can't see, but it's up over there. And according to Steven, it looks pretty good. So I'm not much of a host, but I can do some drywall, mudding, and texturing, and then painting. Actually, I really suck at painting. I'm not going to lie. I probably did a way better job fixing the drywall hole or fixing the hole that needed to be fixed than I did painting over all that other crap. So thank you very much for tuning in. For those of you, this might be your first time. This is Seat Time. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. If you enjoy dirt bikes, two wheels, beer drinking, or just making yourself sound better than you actually are as a bench racer, this is definitely the show for you. We appreciate you tuning in. If you're watching us live, that's even better. If you're archived, that's cool too. The so ways that you could find us, obviously live here, seattime.co slash live is the website URL to find us if you're live. Um, on the website is where we do archive all of the shows. Of course, you could subscribe to us on YouTube or iTunes and Stitcher are two ways as well if you're a podcaster. If you're into doing podcasts and you just like to listen, you're not much of a voyeurist. That's the place that you want to check us out. You can search for Seat Time both on iTunes and Stitcher, or you can use our RSS feed and attach to any podcast app that you feel uh, privy to, I guess is a good way to put it. Of course, we would not be here without the fine folks at Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com is where you can go check out all of the 2015 gear that they have out, of course. Really cool is that they're making a bigger push into the mountain biking market. Now, for some dirt bikers, uh, mountain bikes, whatever, it's a really good crossover sport. I think it's it's interesting to find out how many dirt bike racers, riders, e- enthusiasts really enjoy mountain biking as well. So if you're if you're into supporting companies that support the sport that you're in, definitely look at Fly Racing because they can help you out in all aspects of that. Of course, the fine folks over at Stillwell Performance, stillwellperformance.com is the website where you can learn more about those guys. Don't just say, hey, Brian said that they should get our suspension done by Stillwell Performance. What you want to do is you want to email them, call them, and talk with those guys. They're the ones that know what they're talking about when it comes to suspension. And so they're the ones that are going to tell you why their services are going to be better than other people's. I've ridden what they've done on my bikes, and I love it. Um, I think Stillwell Performance is fantastic. When we had him on and talked about the 4CS and all the other fun stuff that he's got going on at his shop, he blew a lot of us away, and they've gotten a lot of work because of that. So they know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing, so go check them out. Of course, Fast Company. They make the flex bars. Da-da-da! Uh, it, it really, really helps a lot with blisters, with hand, with arm pump and your hands going numb and all kinds of other crazy stuff. And a lot of people are like, ah, that's for the old dudes. Well, you know what? Suck it. I'm 35 and I don't think 35 is very old and I love running my flex bars. Don't shake your head. Yes, Steven. Steven's over there like, he's like, it's, it's, it's so old, man. <laughs> so definitely don't just think that flex bars are for old people. They can help you out as well. And you're going to last a lot longer. And what person doesn't want to last longer? Huh? Huh? So go check that out. Uh, we've got a good show lined up for you. We're going to talk with Alan Hayes here in a little bit about the Ozark 100. That's going to be coming up. Uh, where Paul Wibley, who just announced that he's going to be going back to New Zealand, is actually going to co- chime in really quick. Uh, we might be able to have some time to, to run with Zach Huberty to talk beta and all of the crazy stuff they have going on there. A lot of new news. And then Justin Jones, who just got back from winning the uh, the, the Junior World Cup trophy team 
at the ISDE there in Argentina for the 89th running of the International Six-Day Enduro. So if, if all of that happens and it's under two hours, holy shit, we're really good at what we do. We were only three minutes late today. Steven, look at me. Thumbs up, buddy. Thumbs up. That's all I got to say. So let's do this. Mr. Alan Hayes, how is your evening going, kind sir? It's going great, man. How are you doing tonight? We're doing really good. It, it's always stressful to make it happen, and then it starts, and it's like, okay, whoa, the blood pressure comes down, the hair goes up, and uh, we just kind of see what happens. And just yeah, so that's that's new. I have my hairdo. I didn't even talk about that. Uh, F it, whatever. This isn't about me. So. Mr. Alan Hayes, let's talk about the Ozarka 100, 100 miler that you've got coming up here at the end of November. The exact dates are the 28th and 29th or the 29th and 30th? They are actually, it's the 28th and 29th. All of right. November. And uh, we, it's called the Ozark 100 miler. You can check it out at www.ozark100miler.com. And that's 100, and, uh, not, not uh, letters. That's the, if you, yeah. it's like Ozark spelled out, 100miler.com. Correct, yes. And so uh, we have an, ex- it's, it's an extreme race. It's uh, very unique in the format that we do. We, um, obviously it's 100 miles, but the first 75 miles are done during the day. And then the last 25 miles are done at night, which really makes it fun that, so that's a whole nother level of crazy when you get to extreme enduros when you're only running off of what's maybe on your head and on the bike that makes it much more difficult <laughs> exactly and then you throw in the um, some extreme stuff to top it all off and then it really makes it fun for uh, the riders and especially the spectators because you know we all like to watch somebody else crash or fall over mm-hmm I would agree. So it sounds pretty cool that we're going to be starting off with a 50-mile test through some very difficult terrain. Um, and then you're going to be another 25 miles uh, kind of ridden a little bit later. Is this going to be kind of a knockout situation? Like, so the first 50 miles after everybody fin- everybody who finishes in X amount of time makes it into then the next section? Yeah, it's, it's divided up into three motos, basically. Okay. And your first, the first moto of the day will consist of all classes. All classes will run on that day or that moto. And then they'll just take the second moto. You're going to have your pros, A, A vet, B, and B vet riders will get to ride that, that loop. And... At that point, we will actually alter the course a little bit and make it even tougher. So we want to make sure and wear them out a little bit more before they get to go into the night loop. So if you're fortunate enough to make the second second uh, moto, you're going to be get another 25 miles after you've already done 50, and you're going to be wore out a little bit even more before you can make the night loop. Right. So... Uh, and then that loop, the night loop, will consist, uh, we'll, we'll cut the course down, and it'll be three laps and um, to make up the last 25 miles with there being um, extra elements put in for that part, for the pros and the A-riders that actually make it into that. So um, it just gets tougher throughout the day. Uh, yeah, we've got somebody in the chat room says that they actually, they've never had a clutch make it through this event. So it could, it sounds like it's going to be a little tough. So 
Earlier in August, or earlier this year in August, we had the Tennessee knockout, the TKO there in Tennessee. Um, right. Obviously different format, but how would you rate this um, on a level of difficulty for someone that maybe, you know, like myself who came out and did the amateur class and missed it by three minutes, making it into the, uh, you know, into the next round. Um, so how, would, how do you think someone like myself would then would, would uh, fare at your event? Well, obviously, I mean, we, we don't have the rocks and the steep hillsides. I mean, we have rocks and hillsides, but nothing extreme as the TKO. Okay. But I would, I would say you would have a, a very good chance to make it into the night round. We only take the top 25 overall. Alan, we were talking about the fact that we're going to do a 50-miler, then a 25-miler, and then we're going to come down to being a 25-miler at night, and that it could be even possible for some B-level riders to be able to make it into the night event. Uh, now, at this point, maybe the, the, the difficulty is not uh, as high as something as the TKO, but obviously being at night um, with the headlights and a lot of the other professionals out there, it's really just who can go the fastest for the 25 miles, right? Absolutely. You know, the, the whole night aspect of it really changes everything. And, and unless you've rode at night or even raced at night, it changes everything. And the, um, and like I said, everybody's, it's, everybody's still in the game because if they get hung up on one of the special areas or something like that, or their lights go out, you know, it's not over till it's over. So, um, it's really a unique event. And uh, like I said, the night part of it, the spectators get really, we've got two great spectator areas that the uh, spectators can get back and forth to that the riders have to go through. And those areas are extremely tough and no help from the spectators. So the riders have got to get up through those areas by themselves. So um, we, we try to make that, that part, you know, as tough as we can and still make it to where, you know, somebody actually can make it up. So um, we, we really um, step it up in that aspect. Right. So we're not, we're not talking like last man standing kind of stuff, but it's going to be some stuff that, you know, be, be kind of difficult. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, we're not talking that, that difficult. And uh, um, I would say it's in between um, um, the, like the last man standing stuff and the, you know, and the first part of the TKO stuff. Of course, you know this year's TKO um, was affected by the rain, but um, it's not not that extreme as, as as the TKO was. Right. So it's actually it might be a little bit more manageable for some of the B riders and even some of the C riders who are kind of like, oh, it'd be fun to do a little bit less miles and a little bit more tough terrain. This could be a good way for them to do that. Exactly. And your C riders, your C riders are going to get plenty of riding. I mean, like I said, they're going to get 50 miles. And they're going to be done. When you get when they get done, it's all single track. The cool part about this piece of property is, is called Hardwood Hills. It's in Mansfield, Missouri, and it's owned by um, 750 acres, and it's owned by all motorcycle enthusiasts. Oh, cool! Everybody, every landowner that's involved in this group rides motorcycles. Every one of them. And so on any given weekend, you can go down there and find them and their family. You can get a membership there, and you and your family could go ride there. And they've got easy trails, hard trails. It's all marked really well, all single track stuff. So there's no GNCC-type wide-open fast stuff. 
it's more national enduro single track stuff. Very cool. Something else. So they're not going to be the night sort or the night loop is going to be, they're going to be running slower times. They're not going to be as fast because the terrain and the technicality of the track won't let them. Right. All right. I mean, obviously, you know, your good riders are obviously going to go fast no matter what, but it really, like I said, it's not wide open. There's not a lot of high speed. Right. And it looks like you've got a pretty good purse here. We're looking at $6,000. You've got guys like Stuart Baylor, Nick Farringer, Cody Schaefer, Ian Blythe, Drew Higgins, and Steve Levan. Like, I mean, those are some pretty big names. So that could be cool if all those guys show up. Absolutely. We got uh, Cole Hensley, of course. You know, he's oh, a yeah. local guy. You know, this is the seventh running, and only three guys have won this event. Colter Patrick's won it, Cole Hensley, Caleb Haynes. Those three are the only three that's ever won the event. So this is a big year for us with having the bigger purse. We've got some great outside sponsors and stuff that stepped up. Of course, Kenda. We got Shan Moore with Cycle News. Um, Zach Ingram's also going to come, and he's a national enduro rider from Arkansas. Um, and then, like you said, the guys that you just mentioned, um, and there's still a few guys that are kind of wavering, you know, that I've talked to, I don't want to throw their names out there yet because they haven't committed to it, but we're going to have a stacked pro class and some guys out of Kansas, some Kansas guys that usually come down, ride it, that are, that are pretty good riders. And so, like I said, it's, it's going to be a great event. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, so the Ozark 100, let's see, let's go to the Ozark. I went to it a little bit earlier. Ozark100miler.com. We found it. Is there a way for everybody to register online or do they need to register at the event? They can do either way. They can, um, they can go online and, uh, or they can do it at the, um, at the event. Probably the easiest way, you know, is at the event. We won't max out um, riders. Um, like I said, with a 25-mile loop, you know, we we got 500 riders. You'll find a way to make it work, right? Right. Yeah. So, uh, oh, that's cool. I wish that I could make it, but I so, know that we've got uh, – go ahead. What was that again? No, I was saying you could go ahead. No, I was going to say we got two thousand to win, guaranteed. So whoever wins, guaranteed two thousand. Um, then it's going to pay out. Uh, we're going to pay out all the way to the top ten. So the top ten pro riders are going to get a payout. Very good. Your cool. second second place is twelve. Eight. Uh, third place is eight hundred. Um, and then we go 600, 400, and then fifth through 10th is guaranteed $200. Man. So like I said, that's a pretty, pretty good payout. So anybody that's traveling, your pro guys, you know, they're. We are just not having very good luck tonight, Stephen. Uh, he's still there. He just kind of gets a little hiccupy, uh, every now and again. So, We'll just go ahead and say thank you very much for uh, Alan Hayes. I don't know what's going on right now with the connections. It's starting to get pretty crappy. We're going to try to see if we can get Paul Wibley on the phone to see what's going on with him. I know that he just said that. All right. He's going to call us back. You there? 
Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the Ozark100miler.com is the website where you guys can go to the online registration or you can register at the event. They're not going to run out of spaces. They've got places for everybody with a 25-mile loop. So if you guys aren't doing anything on November 29th, make sure you, you head on out and get some racing done. Sounds like uh, we're going to have some cool guys down there covering the event. Ken just jumped up to help on with this one, so the 7th annual. So let's see if somebody can get out there and uh, get another win on board. I think that'd be cool. Who, who needs another win from Cole Kirkpatrick? I think we need Drew Higgins to win. Drew Higgins, that's, that's my pick for this. Uh, you know, we know that he's going extremely fast and down there in Texas and stuff. And he had a great showing in the National Enduros this year. And uh, that's my pick for the this year's race. I think that he uh, I think he can do it. You know, he's a good kid. And, uh, man, he's showing lots of speed. Um, the technical part at night, that's the only part. You know, I don't know if he's done any night racing. So, um, of course, you know, Baylor and Farringer, those guys are going to be good and, and tough, you know, too. But, like I said, with the night aspect of it, it's really going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, we got we got Baylor. Stuart Baylor's coming in. Um, he's going to be doing a riding school the weekend. Uh, the actually the next two weeks, one in Northern Missouri and um, in Merwin, Missouri, and then he's going to be doing one at the ranch at uh, Hardwood Hills on the twenty second and twenty third, and he will be doing a meet and greet at Springfield Power Sports on the twenty first. Awesome. Um, seven to five, from five to seven. So, um, any local guys uh, that during the state of Missouri, you want to go to a great riding school, check out Stuart Baylor's uh, riding school. Um, it's good stuff. Cool. Well, I think that's the way to do it. You guys plan on heading to that race and then go, uh, hang out with uh, Stuart Baylor for a little bit and get some, get some riding lessons. Obviously that dude's going to be able to teach you a thing or two being the 2012 national enduro champion. So, well, cool. Well, Alan, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight and taking the time to uh, to tell us a little bit more about the event, and uh, we wish you well in the endeavor. I think it's going to be awesome. I wish I could make it up there, um, but just with the kids, it's a little it's a little too much too soon, unfortunately, with everything going on. Well, that's all right. We'll save you a spot for next year. I like it. Save me a few rocks, too. Yeah, uh, we got plenty of rocks. We'll save you plenty of rocks. We got plenty of uh, free parking, free camping um man we just it's a great facility uh that they have there so uh you get a chance to come out and check it out and ryan thank you so much for having us on uh seat time absolutely man would you take it easy we'll chat soon all right thank you bye. appreciate it bye awesome so cool no that'll be a great event especially for them some of those guys that were at the tko that were like we want more events like these sometimes with the colorado guys they don't have to drive all the way across to missouri uh, or it's not as far to Missouri as it was to Tennessee. So that could be a really good event for those guys to to head on over to. So if you're in Colorado or a little bit, excuse me, a little bit more in the West, this event here in Missouri could be a good event for you guys to head to. I wonder traveling wise, if it's close to any, uh, if it's close to any major highways. Hello? Hey, is this Paul? Yeah. Hey, can you hear me? I Probably not too well, but let's see if we can make this work. So, you sent out a press release that said that you're going back to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, we're heading back home. Um, yeah, that's the plan. Man, that is nuts. So, Paul, so, uh, 
so it's it's interesting because we don't have people on the phone too often. So I I'm kind of like don't really I'm trying to think of like I gotta think about this a little bit differently. It's a little strange. So well okay. So we were talking about the fact that you sent out a press release right before the show. You're headed back to New Zealand. What brought about the decision to make now be the time? Uh, well, it's, uh, it's mostly the the results that I've been having recently in the GCC. That uh, once you've won races and won championships, um, you kind of set a pretty high standard for yourself. And then I haven't really been reaching that standard uh, this year, so I've kind of tried to mix it up a little bit and tried try a few different things, but then the results still haven't really changed. So it's kind of made you start made me start thinking about things and uh, realize it's probably about the right time to day and sort of hit home. Yeah. Well, you've had an amazing career, you know, with two GNCC championships um, and, and six OMA championships. I think that's damn impressive. It, do, yeah. you, do you think that your injury and the surgery that you had recently, um, did that play a part into to you maybe not – I don't want to say not being able to get back up to speed, but I don't really know how to say it, how, how, you know, not riding as fast as you were uh, – before your surgery, um, I no, I think um, after the surgery, I'm pretty much back to full health. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that's really it. It, it sort of it spoiled a year's results, so it looked like my results kind of fell fell off, maybe faster than they should. But um, I think everybody gets to a point in their career when they start to slow down, they start to sort of maybe second guess those. Uh, uh, kind of split decisions where you make where it's 50-50 where it's going to pay off sort of thing you start to question whether you need to take those risks um, and I think I'm sort of maybe that's what's making me slow down a little bit now you just start to get a, get a bit older you start to realise that um, you don't bounce quite as high as you used to and, and <laughs> falling off kind of hurts Well I'm 35 and I've never been a champion at anything and it still falls down when I hurt so I can only imagine at the speed you go how much it's going to hurt for you guys so, and you're recently a new a new father, is that correct? Yeah, yep. Uh, Colton, my son, was he was born at the start of this year. Um, he was uh, it was February seventeenth, I think he arrived. So it was um, he was born back at back in New Zealand, and then uh, I pretty much had to fly out. I think it was two days later, had to come back here and start the season. So uh, him and Catherine, my wife, they both joined me a few months later over here uh, once they could travel so yeah it's definitely been a change of pace having um, a little one around um, but it has, it has been quite good like on, on those bad days you come off the track and you kind of everything's kind of haven't got, haven't got a plan and you're a little bit mad at yourself and you kind of look at him and he's just sitting there looking back at you smiling and stuff and it's, it's, <laughs> it's um, it, it kind of it puts a different perspective on, on your results as well so uh, he's definitely cool. Yeah, no, it really does. Uh, we had Ryan Sipes on uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, him and I were talking about that as well because you know I've got I'm on my third kid, he's on his second kid, but you know both of us t- just have uh, an infant kind of around the same age, and um, it's it's just crazy how you know and, and it, it, for me it's a bad day at work, not a bad day riding in y'all's case, um, but it's really nuts how you can come back and that smiling little face or that dada when you walk in the door can really liven up just about any kind of bad mood that you're having. Um, so do you think that your son is going to gonna ride one day and that you could teach him all the Axeman ways? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I hope so. 
Um, but again, it, that'll be his it'll be his uh, decision. Uh, he will do whatever he wants to be doing. Um, but we can certainly guide him in in, in riding bikes. Um, I'm sure he's going to be around it a lot as well because I'll still be involved with bikes for a few years to come. And I'm sure he'll he'll see the bikes around and, and hopefully he'll want to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, if, if he if it's the path he chooses, we'll be more than um, supportive and. Uh, Maybe hopefully in the future we can bring him back here when he's old enough to do some racing back here in the States and Gentry season on maze and um, start a new chapter. That would be awesome. I'd love to say that you're at Colton would be racing Liam, but unfortunately I only made it to the A class and on a regional level, so what I'm going to be able to teach him isn't going to be anywhere near what the Axeman could bring to Colton. So I have a feeling <laughs> our, our, even if our, if our sons ever saw each other, it would be your son on the top step of the podium waving down at my son, not on the top step of the podium. <laughs> so before, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what you possibly could be doing in New Zealand, but I also wanted to think that Yamaha just released their 2015 YZ250FXX and the new, 250, and the new WR250F models. Those yeah. are very, very race-oriented machines, unlike we've seen previously where the WRs didn't seem to be very race-oriented. Um, and now we have this brand-new model, the FXX, the FX. So did, have you had a chance to either ride into these bikes, have any input on their development, or anything about them that you could shed some light on where this came from with Yamaha? Yeah, I haven't um, had really any input to that. Um, I think um, what they have done, though, is... A, is a very smart move. It's it's sort of um, a market or a, or a niche market there that that really hasn't been filled. Um, uh, the the electric start sort of cross country bike is 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 a big market. Um, like GTC racing, OMA racing, that there there is a big market there for that kind of bike. So um, I think Yamaha has been smart in, in creating something like that. Um, I think it's going to be a very popular bike. And again, like you say, with with the WR, it does seem more more race inspired now. The WR three fifty, so um, I think they're sort of looking looking to what riders want, what people want, and um, and they're looking to to create something people are going to be really excited about. So um, I haven't had a chance to ride the bikes myself, but I'm actually looking forward to it um, sometime in the future here. And uh, yeah, I think they're definitely onto a, a, a winner there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so. And then in the States, since we've got Milner coming over and he's going to, I don't know if we want to call it taking your spot. I don't know if that, I don't know if you were planning on leaving when they did planned on signing him, if it's actually like a swap or if they hired him knowing that you could possibly <laughs> still be on board. But what kind of advice do you give Milner? I mean, he's kind of coming in like you did back in the day, you know, trying to come in here like Strang has done as well from racing a series that's, you know, he, and in his series at the top at the the top level but the GNCC it seems it's a very different style of racing so what kind of advice do you have for for Milner coming in yeah he he's uh definitely like you say he's on top in Australia and he's actually a really fast rider he rides a pretty quick pace so I think he's got the speed um to run up front in GNCC but I think because like the tracks have been so similar for so many years um, it may take him a season to sort of learn the circuit a little bit because a lot of the established riders at the GNCCs um, have a, 
for our knowledge of the tracks, pretty much. They sort of know what kind of conditions to expect, what kind of bike set up to, to come into the race with. Where Daniel, he's going to have to learn a little bit um, from the riders that are around him on the team now and, and, and get a get a setup that he's comfortable with, but he's sort of going in blind. Like, you, you don't get any practice at these chances, so the setup that you you take to the race is what you're going to be racing with. Yeah. Um, and, and then... Um, yeah, it, and the, the the fitness and the training thing. I'm sure he's, he he trains a lot and and has a good base fitness, but it's just different. Three hours and uh, GNCCs is a pretty hard thing, and the tracks get pretty beat up. Um, so that's going to be different coming from Australia. Well, I think the tracks they do get beat up there, but it's just a little bit different here. There's just a lot more riders and creating a lot bigger holes kind of thing. So um, I'm sure he's going to adapt really quickly. I think he's going to be successful here, but. It may take a season for him to really start to shine. I think. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how we can get someone like Milner, who is you know the top of his game in Australia, and come over and seem to have not really understand, I guess, like or, or not really do as well in the GNCC. So it's hard sometimes to remember how different those forms of racing are, those races are. And again, like you said, like there's there's racers that have been racing these tracks, like Charlie Mullins and Caleb Russell, their entire lives. So they know these things extremely well. Um, so it'll be, it'll it'll take them a little while to figure all that out. But it'll be great to see them up there up front battling with those boys. We did have a question from the chat room yep. for you, and they wanted to know what was your favorite moment of your racing career or most memorable in the U.S. Uh, man, there's been a few. It's, it's hard to narrow it down. Um, well, we've got the time I, if you I do. You just. Probably... <laughs> <laughs> the the first the first GNCC championship is definitely one that stands out, but almost the second one was almost not would have been more satisfying, but it was a lot more thrilling. I guess it came down to the last round between me and Caleb. Um, whoever won that race was going to be the champion for the year, um, and I went out there. I rode. I thought I rode pretty good, probably as good as I ever have done in my whole career, and and won the race and get to cross that line at the, at the end of the day, knowing that you just won the race, won the championship. Um, it, that was a pretty cool feeling. Um, yeah, that's that was probably one of the highlights. But then again, you look at a lot of uh, great races we've had in the Old May series as well, battling riders like Jimmy Jarrett for 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 years and years, and and uh, we've had a lot of great races with him. So. It is hard to narrow it down, but the, probably the one of the highlights for me is just that just the, that GNCC championship where it was me and Caleb just battling out for the year. Um, it was an intense season, and, and to finally come out with a win at the end was was pretty special. Yeah, no, that was very cool. I was actually at Loretta Lynn's when all that was going on. That was a very very cool event. To that was actually the first GNCC that I think I've ever come to. So that was a cool way to see that happen. Um, we had another question in the yep. chat room. Is like, are you going to be doing any racing back home, or possibly any extreme enduros in the future? Um, we're still working on the plans for next year, um, but I, I plan to race back in New Zealand um, and possibly even some racing in Australia. Um, I'm not too sure how that's going to um, come together yet, but it's that's definitely. I'll be definitely riding or racing somewhere. That that's definitely. Um, I'm not sort of hanging up my helmet for good. It's just um, I think it's just time for us to head back to New Zealand and, and and sort of start our life back up there again. But yeah, I'll definitely be racing New Zealand. Um, 
we're still working on the finer details, but yeah, we'll be out on the track somewhere. Well, that's good to hear. Now, for for someone like myself and other fans and enthusiasts out there of the Axeman Paul Wibley, what is going to be the easiest and best way for us to stay up to date with what you are doing? Because with you in the states, you know, if you say you were staying in the states but retiring from racing, we would probably see you at the tracks or hear you know you giving advice or training so and so, and so we could you know you, you would kind of come into interest every now and again or come into the circle. But with you all the way in New Zealand, it, it might be a little bit more difficult. So is, do you have a website or are you on the social media or anything like that that would make it easier for us to, to really keep track and tabs of what, you're, what you've got going on? Yeah, we have, uh, I've got a website, uh, it's probably.co.nz. Um, also, we're on Facebook. Um, I don't really do a lot on Facebook. My wife a lot of, handles a lot of the Facebook stuff, but... Uh, yeah, we've got that there, and, and the motorcycle park back in New Zealand, we've got a website for that as well. Um, and then, yeah, there's, there's those that I'll be doing, the, the result, the, uh, the result, racing that I'm doing back home, I'll put out the results and, uh, on those sort of websites and social media, so we'll still be sort of in the public eye a little bit, uh, hopefully getting the results out there that people are asking of us. Um, so yeah, we'll, we won't be at the tracks like you guys will see over here, but we'll be Around the, around the um, in New Zealand doing, doing the racing back there. Very cool, man. Well, I guess good luck. Uh, when are you officially leaving? Like, when are you kind of heading home? Um, it looks like it's going to be this Friday. Wow. Um, so you've sold time. everything already, or? Uh, pretty much. Yeah, we're actually we're planning to take a container home. We're like, after being here for. For nine years, we've accumulated a lot more stuff than you kind of would really imagine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got a few few little toys we like to take home, um, and uh, so yeah, we've got a container leaving probably tomorrow. So we're getting that all loaded up, and then what doesn't fit in the container, we'll have a bit of a garage sale, and yeah, we'll be pretty much uh, pretty much packed up and done. Awesome. Well. I guess uh, awesome for you guys. Maybe not as awesome for us. We get to lose lose one great racer uh, from the states. Anyway, we'll get to keep in touch with you as you continue onward and raise your family and uh, grow your family and raise your son there in New Zealand. It'll be a lot of fun. We've heard I've heard New Zealand is a cool place to visit, and there's a lot of neat stuff down there. Um, of course, seat time. We do sit on a couch. I know that in your new house, you'll probably have a couch. You'll need somebody to crash on it. You know, at any time, we could come down there and do that, and I'm sure that you would abide, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Anyone who wants to come down and hang out, we're more than welcome to come down. Um, yeah, that'd be, it'd be cool to see some of the faces from over here down in New Zealand. And um, He's like, if you want to well, well, oh, if you want to spend the $10,000 on the plane ticket and the 20-something hour <laughs> flight, then you're, well, you're welcome to it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've earned it. Ugh. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, good luck with everything, and it'll be great to keep in touch with you. And, uh, yeah, just travel safe, man, and uh, definitely uh, enjoy your son and all the future little ones to come because I know that that's a great time, and we love it. So I hope you do as well. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. Take it easy. Okay. See you later. Bye. So as we switch over to our next guest, Justin Jones, I wanted to, to point this out to everybody. Do you see what this is? No, we're not having another baby. Because I had a vasectomy, and if that was the case, somebody had screwed up. Um, these are little onesies, and this is a size 12 months. So I've got uh, a newborn's, I've got 
a six month, a twelve month, and an eighteen month. Uh, I got a couple little onesies. If anybody's interested, you just got to reach out to us on Facebook. These are not going to be listed anywhere. Uh, this is purely for the enthusiast of the enthusiast show. Um, you're only going to know about it because of being uh, being listening to the show. So if you're interested in any of the onesies, definitely check that out. Um, you may notice as well that the shirt that I have on uh, actually says seat time here at the very top. But on the back, Stephen, I don't know if you've got one of those pictures that you could bring up. We might in a little bit. There's a picture. We've got pictures. So this past Friday, we had our On Any Sunday premiere in Plano, and then of course uh, Red Bull was nice enough to offer up an after party for us, uh, where they were willing to buy everybody a couple of uh, uh, Red Bull and vodka drinks and have a good time and get the get the stuff flowing, if you will. And so that was a lot, a lot of fun. If you guys haven't seen on any Sunday the next chapter yet, it is really, really well done. Red Bull Media House did a fantastic job on that movie. Um, I think. I haven't really talked too much about my thoughts. I really want to see it a couple more times before I give too many opinions. And I could, it, sometimes I think it would make it felt a little bit forced that they were trying. They were trying to recreate what on any Sunday had in it. Um, that 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 pull uh, towards it and really trying to, to to I don't know. It just really sucked you in well. Um, and, and I think they tried to force that in a couple areas. But again, like I said, I don't want to really get into it too much review wise, if you will, until I actually get a chance to watch it a couple more times to talk about it. So um, as we keep going, so the shirts, are those, is that picture? Did it ever come up? Oh, well, I was talking about it. So, oh, we don't have any of the back. The back is the cool part because, so if anybody's wondering, Dickie Shop shirts, um, and on the back is the, the, the Seat Time logo. Uh, the new kind of the beer, the beer one, if you will. So again, this is kind of something that we're offering up to people that if you happen to, you know, listen to the show, watch the show, or anything like that, and you're interested in one of these shop shirts, uh, reach out to us. They they could be a possibility in the future for you to be able to purchase those. Um, but again, they're not going to be listed anywhere. This is going to be specifically for enthusiasts of the show and those that pay attention. So we appreciate you for doing that. Oh, Stephen, what is next? What is next on the show? Oh, there's a sideways one. That's cute. So that's what that's what Jordan looks like when she does push-ups. <laughs> I like it. Any luck? Nothing, huh? If, if, if it goes like anything else this evening, it's going to go great. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so one thing I thought was interesting, KTM announced their team... Uh, this past week, uh, KR, so Caleb Russell, Charlie Mullins, uh, GNCC, Russell Bobbitt, National Enduro, Taylor Robert, Enduro Cross, really? That's awesome. Ivan Ramirez, National Heron Hound, and Casey Martinez is going to be uh, women's cross country again at the GNCC. Uh, no mention of the Baylor brothers. There was definitely some talk about one of the Baylor brothers continuing on the KTM team, but then that press release came out and he was not listed. So, right now, the Baylor brothers are doing something else. We don't know what that is yet. There's, there's been rumors in the past of them possibly riding Yamahas. Um, I don't know if we're going to see something like that come to fruition. Um, will they still be on KTMs, more of a support kind of thing? Um, how's that going to come across? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how this breaks down. Again, if anybody has any information, uh, jump in the chat room, let us know, send us messages, all that kinds of stuff, and tell us. What you think is going to be going on with the Baylor? So, Justin Jones, do we have you here? Uh, yeah, I think so. 
Nice. Uh, no video though. It doesn't look like Steven. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Let's kind of kind of do the whole Skype world here. That's okay. Hit the see if is our yeah, oh yeah yeah, yeah I got off. you. Here we go. There you go. Nice. Can you see me? Yep. Is it totally worth it? What's that? Oh, totally. That mustache is rocking. Yeah, buddy. Too bad you're not next to me right now. <laughs> I'd let you touch it. I would. It's awkward. <laughs> yes. So, Justin Jones, welcome to Seat Time. It has been one hell of a night. Things have just gone really wrong, uh, ways they haven't gone wrong before. But luckily, we got you set up. We're going to see how this goes. If we lose you, we'll call you back. After that, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's just been a, yeah, a, one well. hell of a crazy evening. So, you're back in the States. Your time change probably wasn't that big of a difference. But are you feeling normal now that you're back from Argentina? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm feeling fine. Um, it was only about five hours difference from what uh, what I'm used to, but uh, yeah, not too bad jet lag or anything like that. Um, I slept pretty decently on the plane, surprisingly, so uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Man, yeah, I'd never sleep good on planes, especially the longer ones. Like those are the ones where that that recycled air. I just like all you want to do is just sit there and like punch somebody. So yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely definitely not comfortable. I, I, Next to my dad, though, which makes it better. You know, you're not next to some big fat dude or something. So right, yeah. And uh, your your father, Gary Jones, is that correct? In reading around, he's actually a four time national champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first uh, AMA national motocross champion, and uh, he did it four consecutive times. So um, I'm actually pretty stoked that I got a gold medal because it's something I finally have one up on him. So. Uh, <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know he's watching right now too. So, Dad, I got you, dude. Yeah, you're like, Dad, suck it. <laughs> I mean, I would say that to my dad. I'm not. I don't know if you would say that to your dad, but that's okay. Um, so, first ISDE experience. You guys won the Junior World Trophy. I mean, just if you had an easy, a quick way to to summarize the adventure, do that. Man, quick way it was just epic. Um, Good work. Things can have could, things can have gone more perfect for me, to be honest. Uh, um, the terrain was awesome. I was comfortable with that. Um, you know, everybody was real nice and helping me with all the formatting. I was real nervous because I've never been like a big enduro guy or anything like that. So I was real nervous uh, about keeping time and things like that. But man, it, it worked out so great, and uh, I felt like I was just getting better and more comfortable every day riding. And, um, yeah, like even on the seventh day and we weren't riding, it, it felt weird to not get up and, and gear up. So I was having just an epic time. Really. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you said that the terrain wasn't too bad for you, that that was something that you could cut that you were, you were good with. It looked like, um, a lot of rocks and a lot of sand. I mean, is that kind of how it broke down? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, um, a lot like, um, I'd say, like Havasu Works Race, is which uh, I've raced at almost every year since 2006. So sand, deep sand, like uh, like beach sand and uh, like river rock type of thing. And uh, it was real filthy. And, I mean, I came across everything like that. Um, it was kind of funny. Uh, I was talking with the Baylor brothers, and we're talking lines and stuff. And uh, Taylor Robert was there also, and we are saying, like, uh, yeah, we had this great line around this tree, and, and they just weren't picking it up because a tree to them is like a huge tree, yeah. and a tree to us is like just this bush. So once we finally said, like, oh, yeah, it's around this bush, 
So, um, all the, the East Coast guys even ripped too. So, um, I mean, it was an advantage for us also, but, you know, it doesn't matter. If you go fast, you go fast in anything. So, yeah, I don't know. Was, I've fallen in a cool. lot of sand. I, yeah. <laughs> I fall really well in the sand. It's for some strange reason, but hey, that's okay. I suck at that stuff. So, we don't, it's, I grew up in Louisiana, so there it was just tight trees, no rocks, just roots and tight trees. Moved to Texas, and it's a bunch of open sand, and I was like, how the hell do you ride in this stuff? So I, I could say that I might have figured it out, but I'm still, no, I'm still not very good at it. I just have fun in it, which is the goal, and that's okay. Yeah, dude, just on the back, gear tall, and send it. I mean, there's not much else to it. See, you know, I mean, not to get weird, but my balls aren't as big as yours, so I'm not waiting to rear wheel <laughs> as much as you are. So it's you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have to get some the, like some nauticals or something to to weight down. <laughs> to really definitely take some commitment for sure. <laughs> to bounce around with some weights on your sack, yeah, that would that. Would, <laughs> yeah, you'd go faster just to get them off quicker. Um, yeah. So the the preparation that were you there at Taylor Roberts' place for the preparation that the team was doing? Yes. Do you yeah, feel that I, that helped? Definitely. Okay. Definitely helped. I would imagine that you guys did a little bit of learning of the format, how to try to alleviate losing time, you know, or gaining time, if you will, because of the fact of either coming to something early or maybe coming late. Um, so kind of talk to us a little bit about that training, how they really got you ready for, like you said, not an enduro guy. So this kind of time schedule might be a little bit new to you and something you really had to, to focus on. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the time keeping time was actually uh, a lot easier than I thought. Uh, almost every check had at least ten minutes, so you could really—I mean, you didn't have to ride hard, very hard, or anything in between checks. But uh, just getting like the sprint speed down and, and and staying smooth and consistent, but also fast, is what they were really working on. And uh, it was definitely an eye opener, you know. Like I, I thought I had some good sprint speed, and uh, when you get back, you could you're pretty much, you think you're completely killing like a special test and you get back and you find that Taylor Roberts like about 15 to 20 seconds faster than you in, in a four minute course. And it just kind of like, man, I was, I was killing it. But, um, but no, they, they taught like, uh, yeah, just keeping smooth and uh, Destry Abbott was out there and he helped out a lot as well. And, um, the terrain was actually pretty similar, which was even more benefit to everybody that showed up, um, all the East coast guys as well. So, um, yeah, just keeping sprint speed down. They actually didn't push too much of the uh, keeping time and things like that because they were pretty confident that it was uh, easy to pick up. So just, uh, yeah, more or less the sprint speed. All right. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting was I was kind of trying to pay attention to who all was there down in Argentina. Talking to Auntie earlier in the year, he was telling me about how expensive it was and how he was expecting there to be low amount of numbers and i was like oh okay cool well rachel goodish posted a picture of the impound and i was like oh my gosh i was like that looks like half the field from last year so then right. I, I start talking to mark korea and um and jaunty um edmonds of enduro21.com and i was like holy crap and they, and they told me they were like oh there was a lot of european countries that just couldn't afford to to make the trek um right from from what you understand in in the area was it just was it super expensive because it was going to Argentina, or was it super expensive because it was going to a very corrupt nation where they could charge wherever you they wanted and nobody knew what shit was going to cost? No, I don't. I don't really think it's corrupt. I think it was. 
more or less uh, just because I think it's far for them. I mean, they're not really used to having to pack things in a crate and go overseas. I mean, they're normally on the same continent. Yep. So they have more connections and things like that. So I think it was more along the lines of uh, being unfamiliar with what they were getting themselves into and what the U.S. team goes through every year to race six days. So, um, yeah, I mean, I still think the important guys came. The French came, and there have been top dogs for a while. So, I mean, that's who we're shooting for anyways. Yep. So it didn't turn out too bad. Yeah. Um, and you – what was your what, what was your best finish? As it you were on the Junior World Trophy team, but you had quite a few days where you were up there competing in the top five with the with the World Trophy team guys, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. No, that was actually surprising to me in a couple of tests. I think my my best test I think was a fourth, and uh, I think that might have been even, even on the last day, on day five of doing tests. So, um, yeah, dude, I was just more like racing against myself and making sure I was smooth and hitting my lines that I walked and, and things like that, which worked out well. And, um, I was having so much fun that it was almost didn't even feel like a race. And I guess that's when everybody rides good. So, yeah. Uh, the more I got down on myself for having a bad test, the worse I would do. So if I could just brush it off and, and go to the next one and, and perform with that one, it just worked out great. But, uh, yeah, I think the best I did is I think maybe seventh or eighth overall in the day. And I think that was day three, I believe. So, uh, yeah, dude, I was super stoked. I mean, it's cool just to be the top junior in the first green plate going into the day. And, uh, yeah, it gives you a lot of confidence, too. So it, it turned out pretty good. Let's look here. E2 final. Justin Jones, final in the E2 class is seventh as a junior world trophy team member. And then, so the only faster in the E2 now, the only faster junior world trophy team member was L- Loic, Larue, Loic from France, of course. Right. Of course, he's from yeah. France. Uh, <laughs> who you know, who we saw at the very top of a lot of the overall standings, which is amazing right. that you guys at such a young age could be so dominant in something like that. Um, so now that you've had this experience, you know you've learned a lot. You kicked ass. You got a gold medal, which your dad hasn't done, by the way. Let's just rub that in a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, brother. You know, kind of. Hey, how do you? Yeah, <laughs> suck it. How do you? How do you move forward? How do you gain more momentum? How do you come back and do better? Um. Well, I mean, I'm not really sure. Like uh, as of right now, I'm a free agent. <laughs> I okay. don't have anything going on for next year, but I'd love to race anything. Anything anybody give me a chance to do. Um, I think the experience of just doing six days was a great great stepping stone for it, and I, I hope to do it again next year in Slovakia. Hopefully they're, uh, I know I'm not a woods guy, but I think if you're a good rider, you're a good rider. You can learn. And, uh, the Baylors want to help me, uh, if I ever have a chance to go back there, they're going to help me ride some woods. So, um, I mean, endless possibilities. I'm, I'm a racer. I'll race whatever somebody will give me a chance to race. Very cool. Well, um, we've had, uh, talk of a couple different events coming here. We're, we were just talking with a dude about the Ozark 100 miler. You know, there's a chance, like they're saying, that there's going to be money for all the top 10 of riders that were to show, or top 10 finishers. Um, and I think he was at least 200 bucks is kind of the idea. Now, I know that 200 bucks would be more than it would be for you in gas, but what is something that you would look for in an event to travel out to? Like, you're like, okay, I could finish X and make so much money this makes it worth it. Like what would that accumulate to or account to? Um, 
depends on if you're a professional racer or just uh, just your local guy race on the weekend. From a professional standpoint, I'd like to go to a race that obviously has good payout, right? And, and has good re- recognition. I mean, if you're going to a race and and nobody knows about it that you won, I mean, I mean, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. But uh, from like just an everyday standpoint, if it's if it's a good race and you have good competition and the course is fun and it flows and it's organized and and great greatly prepared, then yeah, I'd race anything. Any weekend, that's what I look for in a race, even as a professional. It's got to be fun. That's right. why we're doing it. Yeah, no. And and speaking of fun and racing and riding dirt bikes, you actually do. I, I saw like you were in some of the, you were talked about on Trans World and a couple other different moto <laughs> moto websites, motocross action because of you know going out and racing some of the local uh, motocross races and and not sucking. You know, and I, and I say that because I know I suck one, but two, you know, you're a quote unquote off road guy. Um, and so I think that some people are a little shocked sometimes when they, when guys like yourself and like what Kurt Caselli could do, you know, to show up and, and, and right. not, maybe not get first, but at the same time, you're definitely not getting last. That's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Def- I think you take any top off-road guy from around the world, no matter what series he's in, he's going to go fast. If you give him a chance to moto, just like if just same thing, like if like Zach Osborne, yeah, he's a full moto kid, but. You put him in off road, the kid rips because he's a fast racer. Right. So it goes both ways. You know, if if you take the time and uh and practice that, I mean, I think motocross helped me greatly for the sprint speed stuff for uh six days. So I race moto almost every weekend just because that's what we mainly have out in Southern California here. But right. uh yeah, I mean, that's not foreign to me. Like like I keep saying, man, I'll race anything you give me a chance to race. Very cool. Well, I think one event would be neat to see you at next year is the Tennessee Knockout. There's a couple guys that come over from the West Coast every year. You know, if you, I know as you said right now, currently you're a free agent, but you know, even getting a deal, maybe still just doing your own thing, that could be a really cool deal for you to be able to come over here to the East Coast and do a little bit of racing. I'm sure you could catch a ride with somebody or like maybe get oh, your yeah. bikes, bikes, you know, somebody to take your bikes for a couple hundred bucks with the gas and you could fly out. Yeah, definitely. I'm up, I'm up for anything. I know there's a bunch of West Coast guys that go out there. Um, my teammate this year, actually, Ty Tremaine, I think he did pretty well out there on the on the old trusty two-stroke. Oh, but, that's uh, right. Ty Tremaine, uh, he's the one who thought that Tiffany could do, a, oh no, Jordan could do 114 push-ups. That was ridiculous. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so our, our, co- our co-host that could come that comes into the studio every now and again, Jordan Bailey, we were we were at the Atlanta Endurocross, and we were going around asking people how many push-ups they thought Jordan could do. And he's like, I'm going to go with 114, and he like taps the, f- the number on his bike. And we were like, oh, my God. He's <laughs> 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 like, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's like, that's ridiculous. Oh, man. I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, as, as for like, uh, you know, traveling around and racing, you know, we've got some great series out here that aren't getting the, the turnouts that I think we, we should be getting for, uh, like the works and big six and, and because we're, we're still going fast out here, but we're losing, uh, we're losing competition. So, I mean, if anything I can do to promote racing out here and would, I'd mainly benefit from that. So. Um, I'd like to travel out and do other things, but if uh, I could greatly benefit racing out here, that's what I'd really like to do. What about a national hare and hound? I mean, I, like you said, you you you're willing to race anything. I just kind of want to know, yeah. like mentally, like okay, bam, hare and hound. You're gonna go race over hare and hound this weekend. 
what would you think about differently considering like what you have raced or haven't raced in the past and what you do know and what you know you don't know about like a hare and hound event? Yeah, I mean, hare and hound's actually pretty different from what I'm normally uh, racing. It's a uh, desert race, obviously, and uh, I think you just really have to have a good setup and, and confidence and, um, and really have some knowledge of your area. So to go do that, I think it, you got to really have a whole box set up for just desert because um, just from doing all the testing and stuff with Kurt and Ivan and stuff for Baja, and it's it's a different world. So it, you got to really uh, really have your stuff together to, to really race that. That would be fun. I'd like to do that one time. I know, like I said, I suck at the sand, but I at least know how to, to stay moving forward. I may not be going fast. I think that'd be fun, though, to do an event like that one time. The bomb run oh, would yeah. scare the crap out of me, but hey. I think the bomb run scares everybody, even though I don't admit <laughs> it. Dude, I think that could be pretty sketchy, I'm sure. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Very, yeah, very sketchy. Just- fifth wide open through a, a pre-run that you've done like i don't know maybe six times like it's still sketchy yes <laughs> I think, but, so um, in the sense of that you were on the team with the Baylors and trevor bollinger how was that how was the camaraderie there like i mean you know you being the one west coast guy those guys being east coast guys kind of how, how did how did you guys get along um well, I'd already met Grant at the uh, the training session at, at Taylor's house. Right. So um, I'll send my friends with them. But, um, I mean, I've seen those guys on the on the East Coast, and I know they go fast. And I think uh, – I don't think they knew exactly how, how well I rode in uh, this type of stuff. So, But, no, I mean, we all got along great. We're there for the same goal. And um, we all helped, the, helped each other out, walking course and, and laughing. Yeah, we got along great. There's not, nothing, nothing wrong there. <laughs> no beefs. Uh, yeah, they're like, who's this nah. tall, lanky guy on a KTM bah, from the West Coast? Whatever. And they're like, oh shit, he can ride. All right. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, if they said it, they never said it to my face. So I mean, <laughs> no, no, they're good guys. They're good guys. <laughs> Love it. So I noticed that I, I this is kind of a question about a bike i just saw something about so beta released the x trainer now and this happened while you were gone so i don't know if you saw too much about it but the idea is that it is kind of a an entry-level motorcycle so it's it's not aggressive the geometry is different the the way the engine is a 300 cc engine but it delivers power like a trials bike would um, much okay. more mellow much flatter is the is the frame geometry different from what I understand, the frame geometry is different. It's not as aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. and what so they it's like lower to the ground or like a trials bike lower to the ground? That's a good question. Uh, it's not as – it's not like – like Sherco for a while had that kind of that hybrid cross trials bike, big bike. It was, okay. It's not like that. Like it still looks like a regular motorcycle. Um, okay. But I'm wondering it, – it, it's interesting because – is there a market for that for like an entry level motorcycle? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I mean, only thing I think about that is just if it's so much different from a regular motorcycle, it makes that next step even even worse if you're used to something so much different. And that's, that's a, the only thing I could think of. Yeah, and it's it's tough to you know, I haven't thrown a leg over it, and I haven't taken the, t- the time to really dig into it. It's just an interesting topic, and I was like, hey, it's in my notes. I'd like to talk to him and see what he thinks about it. Um, yeah, 
Definitely. I, I think, think it's I, cool because it's something that my wife could possibly ride where, uh, you know, yeah, like it, it, it's like something that she could probably throw her leg over and know that if she got confident enough on it, that 300 cc's could get her out of any kind of trouble she possibly could get herself into. But at the same time, since it delivers power a little bit softer and more flat, there's less chance of her like getting into that point where she's going to f- drop the clutch and throw the bike in the air upside down. Like, yeah, yeah, no, no one loop out Larry going on. <laughs> exactly. So maybe no, that's I a think good... uh, the KTM free ride just came out too. I think today was even just the first press release. All the magazines were down there. Okay. So uh, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, that's something I don't know about. Yeah. Maybe there's there's something going on behind the scenes. They see a market and they're going after it. I think I guess Beta does too. So. Yeah, and I, I wonder, uh, this is a little bit, I, I, it, there was a very distinct marketing, I think, through with Beta with it, the X-Trainer looks like, and that's what they're calling it, is the X-Trainer, I mean, specifically even says trainer in there, is okay. that it might be, you know, kind of that entry-level marketing-wise where we're pinpointing the beginner, where I wonder what the free ride is, is the, the free ride, from a lot of the video footage I've seen, looks like it's guys like you and me, it's our second bike. Yeah, like, it's kind of like a like half trials, half moto bike kind right. of thing. Huh? And so I wonder if, if there's a distinct difference there. Am I looking into it too much? As I guess is, you know what I mean? And if, if there's a distinct difference, is one more right than the other? Or is like, oh, we're only going to make 300 of them, so as long as we sell those, then we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know Beta makes a you know badass trials bike, and they're getting into, I mean, they're, getting up there for racing just regular motorcycles so maybe this is like their their middle terrain in between their trials bike and moto bike something like that i don't know interesting interesting well we've had zach huberty on um quite a few times what we'll do we'll reach out to him we'll talk about getting him on next week because he also just became i believe we're it's the east coast team manager for the race team there and he's also running innovation off-road so we'll get him on next week and talk to him about all this beta stuff going on because yeah, it sounds yeah. like they've got a ton like, of crazy stuff going on yeah that's good anything that's helping promote the motorcycle industry is good for me yeah i don't no. care who um so uh, what are you looking f- besides trying to get a ride? What else? What would you be looking forward to, uh, coming forward? It doesn't even have to be motor related. This is your show now, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'd like to uh, take a couple more classes online. I'm, I'm doing some college stuff right now, but uh, it's hard to juggle like you know full time classes. So if I could squeeze in some more college and, and race some more, that's that's good for me. And, uh, do they have yeah. dirt bike racing classes in college? If they would, I would hopefully be teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys, this is a gold medal, bitches. What well, up? no, I do. I've been to a lot of motocross schools with my dad, actually. Uh, that's how I did a lot of my fundraising for six days was, was through that. So, um, I guess that's like a moto college, I guess you could say. Right. Right. Oh, you, yeah. you just need to give out diplomas and, uh, have a little yeah. graduation ceremony. Yeah. Why not? I like it. I would totally be one of the guys that didn't have clothes on under his gown, though. Just, oh, yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, graduation, the, 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 the caps that the guys wear, I can't remember what the, the, the cap and gown, the, the cap. I saw two yeah. dudes had uh, like beer pong, like red solo cups set up in the beer pong triangle, like glued to the top of their graduation cap, and I thought that that was pretty clever. Was yeah, like, that's kind of unique. Way to go, guys. Way to step it up. At least they're not naked, so they can't get arrested. 
Yeah, way to drink some beer. <laughs> Winning. Winning for yeah. sure. Well, cool, yeah. dude. Well, uh, you're out west. Do you get to go to like the Anaheims and all the Supercrosses and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. I'm all over that. Definitely. That's Too pretty cool. cool. How, how is that, like an Anaheim? I mean, that's just at the, at the arena. Yeah, I mean, I think the first one's the best. I feel like you could just feel the hype and anticipation. And, uh, I mean, it's something you have to experience, really. I mean, I think the racing is awesome to watch on TV. And it's great live, but it's a whole different experience to even go and watch it. But the Monster with, Girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Monster <laughs> Girls. But uh, I think I have a lot of friends that race just like Privateer Moto, too. So I think it's cool to go and, and see behind the scenes and, and help them out, too, racing, uh, just trying to get into the main, which is really cool, too. Yeah. Very cool. Well, dude, good luck with whatever is going to be coming up for your free agentness. Uh, we hope you find something. And of course, if you do, feel free to reach out to us, and that way we could talk about it on the show. Um, so yeah, we can, for sure. You know, get more information out there about other sponsors that are coming up, other people that are coming into the sport to support our riders. Congratulations on a phenomenal, phenomenal job at the ISDE. I think just in the background, you could hear so many people. Holy fuck. Justin Jones is like what I mean like everybody knew who you were <laughs> but everybody didn't know who you were. and then it was just like man that he showed up. That dude showed yeah, dude. up. Like uh, you were I there did. ready. <laughs> this has been my main focus since uh since I committed to it, you know, like earlier this year I've been my main focus. And to be honest, like I knew I needed to throw down here and uh I feel like I did and I couldn't be happier. Absolutely career goal of mine which is it's awesome i'm it, it almost made me speechless it was it was pretty emotional on the podium even just because i mean the last guy to do it was kurt caselli and and i basically stepped up and did the same thing so for me to do that and he's the one that pushed me into even trying six days it's just it's crazy it was is overwhelming it was awesome very cool man yeah that is it's a good, that's a solid point. That dude pushed so many people into so many awesome areas, and it's just like so yeah. cool to see how everybody, you know, took what he was able to give to him and just run with it and kick ass and oh, yeah. never look back. Never, so. Go ride like a silly. There you go. That's a good way to end it. I like that. Ride like a silly, bitches. <laughs> cool. Well, Mr. Justin Jones, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Keep kicking it in uh, the West Coast, having fun with life. And again, just keep us up to date on uh, any rides or what you got going on, and we'll share it with the world. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll let you guys know. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, man. Talk to you soon. Cool. See you guys. Peace. All right. So, yeah, Justin Jones, totally cool dude. It's a shame that we haven't had him on the show before. Now, granted, it's tough for us to talk about a lot that goes on on the East Coast, a lot that goes on on the West Coast, and all the stuff in the centralized areas. So, you know, the West Coast sometimes is apologized that doesn't get the coverage that it should. And, of course, him being a works racer, it, it's hard for us to really talk about that sometimes with all the stuff that we have going on in the East Coast where we feel like we're a little bit more focused. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's just the way it works out. Um, so, super cool dude, kicked ass at the ISDE. Some of the pictures that Mark Correa got of him, holy crap. It's like the dude's a professional it's like the dude's a professional. It's like he knows what he's doing. I think he should do it more. If anybody out there wants to hire him, you should do it. He looks like the writer to do it. So I really appreciate you guys for stick, staying with us tonight. This has been Seat Time, the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. Apologies, of course, for the technical difficulties. 
if we could figure out a way to get from underneath that gray cloud, believe me, we would have already paid off that beggar. It would have, it would have happened by now. So thank you very much for tuning in. Of course, uh, big, huge thanks to those friends over at Fly Racing, Stillwell Performance, and the ones over at Fast Company. Um, I would say it again, uh, Fly Racing, lots of new stuff coming out in their mountain bike line. Go check them out at flyracing.com, stillwellperformance.com. They have the 4CS figured out. If you don't believe me, go listen to what Alan Stillwell has to say on the 4CS segment that we did a couple months back. Absolutely awesome stuff. With Fast Company, they have flex bars. Flex bars, your hands hurt less, less blisters, less arm pump, all kinds of crazy shit. That way when you get home, you're like, you know what? I could still rub one out. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe not, but still. it's The, the option's there because you got flex bars, so that's always a good time. Of course, Seat Time, you can find us at seattime.co. It's the website where all of the shows are archived. Maybe, if you don't want to watch them, you could listen to them. Podcast, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's the way to do it. You subscribe there and find us. YouTube, of course, that's a good way to do it. Subscribe. We will be having a teaser soon for the Baja Rally video. Of course, the way that life has just come and kicked Steven and I in the groins separately, not together. He hasn't been on mine or me on him. and just life kicked him, and then it kicked me, and then it was... You know what I'm trying to say. It's happening. It's coming together. We apologize. It's just that it's we're not getting paid for this, so we're just making it happen as we can. So thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, go find us. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Find it. Whatever. We're out there. Tweet us real hard. Thank you very much. Episode 148. We'll be back next week with more Off-Road News. Goodbye.